We have uh, the gift of tongues and the interpretation of tongues this morning. And so I want to review what we went over last week. So who remembers what the gift was? We went over one last week. What was the gift that we went over last week? Anyone remember? Jamie's not here with her notes. <laughs> it was miracles. Uh, we went over the gift of miracles. So let's review that a little bit this morning. Uh, Anyone remember what we talked about was the purpose of using the gift of miracles? What was the purpose? When, when a miracle was uh, performed in the Bible, what was the purpose, Steve? Yes, uh, the apostles were... Uh, given specific gifts and abilities, and it set them apart as an apostle of Jesus Christ. Uh, that it was one of the purposes uh, of the gift of miracles. Uh, I have one that I want to talk about first. I'll get to that in a second. Um, but uh, the purpose of a miracle, the reason it happened, was so that they could preach salvation, uh, which goes right along with them being uh, from uh, an apostle of Jesus, uh, because they were preaching the salvation of Jesus. Uh, but Paul, we talked about Paul casting out a demon, and it was because it was stopping him from uh, preaching the word of God. And then after that, we talked about how he went to the jail, and then the jailer and his entire house become believers as well. So the purpose was to be able to keep preaching salvation, and specifically so the jailer could get saved. Uh, we also talked about Paul and Barnabas and how they were sent out to preach the word of God. And uh, the miracle happened that caused Elimus to not see for a season. And after that miracle was complete, uh, they continued preaching the word of God and salvation. And as a direct result of that, the deputy there uh, in that passage became a believer. Uh, we also read about Philip. Uh, when Philip went out to preach about Jesus and salvation, uh, he performed miracles. And the miracles performed gave Philip the ability to reach the lost with the gospel. Uh, all the miracles that Jesus did were to prove uh, first that he is God and also that he has brought salvation. Uh, the miracle was a means to help people believe in Jesus. Uh, the purpose of miracles is to point people to Jesus, uh, to get people focused on God. Uh, it was never to gain fame. It was never to gain fortune. Uh, none of the disciples got rich uh, from any of the miracles. Uh, if they had, the focus would have been completely in the wrong place. Uh, and I truly believe that in the world we live in today, uh, with the way people interact and the way people think and function, uh, if Christians had the ability to do these miracles today, uh, the focus would not be on God, uh, at least for the majority. The focus would not be on God. Uh, it wouldn't be on Jesus. It wouldn't be on salvation. The world uh, would be trying to make the next popular social media video. Uh, they would want to be uh, Instagram stars. Uh, even people who weren't doing the miracle would be uh, you know, making videos and all this stuff out of it to get famous, to make money, that would 
uh, be the purpose. Uh, they would be trying to cash in on it. The focus would be all wrong. Uh, I believe that's the world we live in today. Uh, so this brings me to the next question. Uh, is spiritual gift of miracles active today in Christians? I gave you my opinion. Um, we covered this last week. Um, and uh, miracles were given specifically to the apostles, like Steve uh, brought up in 2 Corinthians 12, 12. One of the reasons apostles had miracles uh, was because it set them apart from false teachers uh, that were in that day. The miracles were one way to identify an apostle of Jesus. We know that uh, in Ephesians chapter 2, uh, we are told that the office of an apostle was for a specific time and for a specific reason. It was for the time during Jesus's time on earth and directly following Jesus's time on earth. Uh, and it was for the purpose of building the foundation of the church on Jesus Christ. And we could also look in Revelations. We looked last week in Revelations and seen that there were only 12 apostles and so there could not be any more apostles today. We can't just keep adding to that because there's only 12 total. Uh, so there can't be any apostles with the gift of miracles today. Uh, and then the last thing we talked about last week was, does God still perform miracles today? Now, obviously, he doesn't use uh, people in a miraculous way like he did with the apostles. But we know that God still has the same power today as he had back then. Uh, God is no less capable of performing a miracle today as he was back in the Bible. Uh, did anybody have any other thoughts or comments on miracles uh, before we move on to the gift of tongues this morning? Or anything else you remembered for last week you wanted to say? Now's your chance. All right, we'll move on to the gift of tongues. First uh, Corinthians chapter 12. First Corinthians 12, and we'll read verse 10. To another, the working of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, discerning of spirits, to another, diverse kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. Now, we're going to look at uh, both the gift of tongues and the gift of interpretation of tongues uh, somewhat together today. Uh, we will look at tongues first. We'll start with that, and then we'll add in the gift of interpretation of tongues uh, as we go, because we'll see that that's how God uh, used these two gifts. Uh, I do want to point out that they are two separate gifts. Uh, some people could be blessed with the spiritual gift of tongues, and a separate person or people could be uh, blessed with the gift of interpretation of tongues. Now, they are two separate uh, they're listed separately here for us in 1 Corinthians 12.10. They are two separate gifts, but they do uh, go together. As we study this, we'll see that even though they're two separate gifts, uh, we'll see how they're used and we'll see that they do go together. So first I want to talk about uh, the mystery of the gift of tongues. I want to talk about the mystery of the gift of tongues because uh, there seems to be a lot of confusion and mystery surrounding the gift of tongues, uh, at least, in my opinion, outside of this building, there seems to be a lot of confusion. Uh, I think that we, for the most part, uh, understand it pretty well, according to Scripture. But if you go outside of this building, 
Uh, you talk to other uh, types of churches, they're going to have different opinions, and there's going to be a lot of confusion on this. Uh, people have distorted and perverted the scripture, scriptures dealing with tongues, and some have just completely ignored scripture altogether. I think most people that have gotten uh, the truth about tongues wrong, uh, they did not, most of them, did not purposely change the word of God or purposely try to lead people away from truth. Uh, but I think that they have simply been misled themselves and did not consult with the word of God to actually get to the truth of the matter themselves. Uh, so our goal this morning is not to come up with our own ideas. I'm not trying to convince you of my own way of thinking. Uh, I just want to look at tongues in the Bible, look at Scripture, and be able to find the truth by searching the Scriptures. Uh, before we get deep into this study, I want to first point out what we will not find in the Bible about tongues. Uh, so the gift of tongues is not a made-up language. Uh, the gift of tongues is not a made-up language. Tongues, uh, and we'll cover this, is a, the word actually means languages. Uh, it, it, they're real human languages. Uh, it's not something someone made up. It's not, you know, just babbling. It's a real language. Uh, the gift of tongues is not a private language. It's not something uh, that just one person knows the language to and no one else. Uh, it's not a private language. It's also not a private gift. Uh, the gift of tongues is not just for one person uh, to have all to themselves. Uh, the gift of tongues, as we read through some scripture this morning, you'll see that it was a public uh, event. It was actually for the benefit of others. So it's not private, it's for others. Uh, the gift of tongues is not an eternal gift. And again, we'll cover this. Uh, but I, what I simply mean is, that it is not a gift that exists forever. It was for a very specific time. Uh, the gift of tongues uh, is not intended to bring self-glorification. And we've covered this with most of the gifts that we've talked about. They, none of them are to uh, make us famous or to make us rich. Uh, it is for reaching others uh, with the gospel of Christ, for helping to edify the church. Uh, it's not for self-glorification. Uh, the gift of tongues is not to bring chaos or disorder. It seems uh, sometimes when uh, nowadays if a church is trying to use the gift of tongues, it seems that there's a lot of chaos and disorder involved. Uh, and that is not proper. It's not the case. And we'll look at scripture to see that. Uh, and the gift of tongues does not have to be present to prove the filling of the Holy Spirit. Uh, there are some people that believe if you did not speak in tongues after you got saved, then you are not filled with the Holy Spirit. And we don't see that anywhere in Scripture. Uh, that's just not true. Uh, you do not have to speak in tongues to prove you are filled with the Holy Spirit. The moment you put your trust and your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are immediately filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, we, we could probably come up with uh, other things that the gift of tongues is not intended to do or intended to be, uh, but let's just move on to what the gift of tongues actually is. Uh, as we look through Scripture at the gift of tongues, you will see that the gift of tongues is a supernatural ability, uh, or gift you could call it, uh, to speak in a human language that had not been previously learned 
by the one speaking. So that's kind of my long definition of the gift of tongues there. Uh, so basically, the word tongues in the Bible actually means languages. Uh, so in, in what I'm, uh, what, what I'm calling the definition here is someone could speak in a language they had not previously learned. That's what the gift of tongues is. Uh, we will see in all occasions that the gift of tongues is used in the Bible, we will see that it is someone speaking in a real human language. It's, it's not something made up. And it's a language they did not previously learn. Uh, they didn't know it before they started speaking in it. Uh, that is what the gift of tongues is. Uh, we will get to the purpose as we search the scriptures here. Uh, so let's look at what scripture has to say about the gift of tongues. And uh, you might think this is strange, but I want to start all the way back in Genesis chapter 11. So turn back to Genesis chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11, and we'll start in verse 1. It says, And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass, as they journeyed from the east, that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, Go to, let us make brick, and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone, and slime they had for mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven, and let us make a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. And this they began to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down, and there confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. So uh, this is the event that made the gift of tongues possible. Uh, you may be wondering why we went all the way back to Genesis when talking about a New Testament gift of tongues. Uh, well, the gift of tongues would never have been a possibility. It would never would have been a thing if there wasn't more than one language. So I just simply wanted to go back and start and read where we went from one language to many languages. Uh, so with the Tower of Babel, we have the groundwork for the gift of tongues to come later at a time that God would determine necessary, which is the next passage we want to look at, Acts chapter 2. So go ahead and turn to Acts chapter 2. This is probably where everybody thought we would start today. Um, I wanted to throw you off with Genesis there. So this is... The first occurrence of the gift of tongues, Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. 
And there appeared unto them cloven tongues, like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and the dwellers in Mesopotamia and in Judea and Cappadocia in Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia in Egypt and in parts of Libya about Cyrene and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians. We do hear them speak in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, what meaneth this? Uh, so this, again, is the first occurrence of the gift of tongues. Uh, so first, let's look at who it was that was speaking in tongues in this passage. Uh, it was the apostles. Uh, in the end of chapter 1 we, of Acts here, we see that the 11 apostles are together in a room. If you look at uh, chapter 1, verse 13. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James, John and Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, the Zelotus, and Judas, the brother of James. So we have the 11 apostles there. And then after that, the remainder of that chapter, they then add in Matthias to make 12 apostles again. So we have them all in a room here, and they add in Matthias to make the 12 apostles again. Uh, the word they that we see here in chapter 2 is referencing uh, the apostles. Uh, if you read through the passage, if you read both chapters 1 and chapter 2 together without stopping, uh, it would make it much more clearer because you'd be reading through the whole thing, and you would see that the they here is talking about the apostles that were gathered together. Uh, we know uh, who spoke in tongues, uh, the apostles. Now we need to see what tongues they were speaking. Uh, look at verse 4, chapter 2, verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And then verse 7. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not these which speak Galileans? So we see that the apostles that are now speaking in tongues uh, that they would not normally or naturally speak in, uh, they would normally be speaking in their native tongue. They're from Galilee. They'd be speaking in their native language. Uh, but they're now all of a sudden uh, speaking in other tongues. Now look at verse 6. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And then verse 8. And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born. So we see that there were uh, many people there. If you look at verses 9 through 11, we read that. Uh, there are 
over a dozen different people groups listed there in many different languages represented. Uh, we see that the apostles spoke and everyone heard the message clearly in their own language. Uh, it says in verse 8 that they heard in the natural language that they were born in. Uh, so notice, this is not a made-up language that nobody knew. Uh, the apostles were actually speaking in a known human language, and everyone heard in their own language uh, that they were familiar with. Uh, everyone understood what was being said. There was no confusion. Uh, it wasn't just one person uh, that understood and then claimed to know what was being said. Everyone heard. Everyone there heard and clearly understood the words that were spoken. The next thing we need to search for in Scripture is uh, if there was an interpreter here. In this passage, we have each of these disciples speaking uh, in a tongue, and all the people listening are able to hear in their own language. Uh, we do not see uh, a middleman in between here interpreting. We see the apostles speaking in tongues, in, in uh, other languages, and people hearing in their own language. Uh, each of them are speaking, and there are people hearing instantly in their own language. Uh, the message does not go from the apostle to an interpreter and then to the hearer. Uh, we will look at the gift of interpretation of tongues uh, in just a little bit, and we'll see why and when they are needed. Uh, but in this occasion, we don't see an interpreter needed because they are clearly hearing in their own language as it's being spoken. Now, the last thing that we need to search for in this passage is what the message is that they are preaching while they're using the gift of tongues here. Uh, this would be the purpose of the gift of tongues in this passage. Uh, we see in verse 4, we have the phrase, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Uh, so we know that they are preaching the message from God through the leading of the Holy Spirit. Then in verse 11, it says, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. Uh, so the things that they were speaking of, the message that God gave them through the leading of the Holy Spirit, uh, the things they were speaking of were things of God. Uh, after this, we then have Peter who comes and preaches about salvation and thousands become believers. Uh, Peter's message is summed up for us in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. You can look at that there. It says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now again, it doesn't say ye shall receive the gift of tongues and then the Holy Ghost. It doesn't say any of that. Some churches, some people believe uh, that you have to speak in tongues to receive the Holy Ghost. That is not true. It says if you believe in Jesus Christ and you get remission of your sins, you will receive the Holy Ghost. Uh, they were all preaching here. All the apostles here were preaching the message of God. Uh, the purpose uh, uh, was to tell others about salvation. Uh, the gift of tongues was used to preach salvation to this crowd. And God blessed greatly in this moment. The gift of tongues is always used to preach and teach the message of God. Uh, now let's look at what else God has to say about the gift of tongues through Scripture 
I'll go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. First Corinthians 14 and verse 27. It says, If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two or at most by three, and that by course, and let one interpret. So uh, let's look at what we can know about tongues from this verse here. Uh, we are told here that two or three could speak in tongues in the church during this time um, in Corinthians. Paul's writing to the church at Corinth here. Uh, they're obviously having issues. We know that throughout the whole book of Corinthians. And Paul is trying to help them have order in their service. Uh, and so as part of that, Paul is telling them uh, if someone's speaking in a language that is not known, uh, you can have two or three people uh, at the most, speak in other languages, uh, basically because otherwise it'd be chaos and nobody would understand what's going on. Uh, we also see that the people speaking in tongues, these couple people that are able to speak in tongues, are to do so in course. The verse says course. Uh, this word means to have an allotment. And what it means is an allotment of time. It means that they uh, should speak in tongues in segments, uh, not all at once. Uh, if uh, each person should have their own time, if someone is going to speak in a language that's not known to everybody else, one person could do it. And then when their time was up, the next person could do it. And then if there was a third person, uh, Paul says three at most, then the third person can do it. Not all at once. You can't just stand up and just do it. Uh, it's supposed to be uh, done in uh, order here. Uh, we also see that there has to be someone there to interpret the tongues that are spoken. Uh, so we now see the inclusion of the gift of interpretation of tongues. Uh, so look at verse 13. So it's 1 Corinthians 14, 13. Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. Uh, so they should have an interpreter and they should even make it a matter of prayer that if they want to speak, that there would be someone able to interpret the message. Because uh, what good would the message be if nobody could understand it? Uh, we see in this passage that it's a situation of tongues being used and people not hearing in their own language like we had in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, they spoke in a language, and everybody heard in their own language. This time, someone could be speaking in a language, and other people are not understanding it uh, as they hear it. So now we need an interpreter to tell them in their own language what is being said. Uh, so uh, it, it's necessary and right for someone to be present with the gift of interpretation of tongues if someone's speaking in a language that's not known by everybody there. Uh, back in Acts chapter 2, there again was no interpreter because everybody understood the language. In this passage, Paul is helping to set order in the church. Uh, their services uh, apparently were somewhat chaotic. Uh, too many people, if you read this chapter, you'll see that too many people were trying to read scripture all at the same time. Too many people are trying to talk. Too many people were trying to preach. Uh, we don't really see that problem in the day we live in. Not everybody's trying to come up here and preach 
uh, while we're preaching. But uh, at that time, everybody thought they were a preacher, I guess. And so uh, they had too many people trying to preach, too many people trying to read, too many people trying to speak in tongues all at the same time. So Paul's trying to help them to set some order and, and so that uh, the message could be uh, preached and taught and, and read clearly so everybody could hear and understand. Uh, we know when we read in Acts chapter 2 that the apostles were the only ones speaking in tongues, and it was done in such a manner that everyone understood the message, uh, and many were converted. Uh, so we know that it was done decently. It was done in a manner that was not chaotic, that everybody could understand. Uh, as part as Paul, as part of Paul telling the church here that they should conduct services in an orderly manner, he addresses the issue of too many people trying to speak in tongues. And these are all rules that God tells the church through Paul's writings. Now, what else does God say about tongues? Look at uh, verse 5, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 5. I would that ye all spake with tongues, but rather that ye prophesied. For greater is he that prophesied than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret that the church may receive edifying. Uh, Paul is talking about the need for the church to be edified here. Uh, believers in Christ need to continue to grow. And what uh, we should do here uh, to benefit our, benefit our growing closer to God, that's what Paul is addressing in this verse. Uh, Paul says that the whole purpose of preaching and speaking in tongues is to edify the church. Uh, within the church, it's, it's to edify the church. Uh, the goal of speaking in tongues should be to bring people to Christ. And then if they already know Jesus as their personal Savior, then it should be to bring them closer to him. That should be the goal. Uh, we also see that the gift of interpretation of tongues is necessary uh, for this process to happen. Without an interpreter, then no one will understand the message. And if no one understands, then there can be no benefit from it. Uh, there can be no conversations. Uh, no one would be growing closer to God if no one interprets. Uh, so we need an interpreter for others to be able to grow closer to God so others can understand the message. The gift of interpretation is just as important as the gift of tongues. Now, if I came in here and I shocked everybody by speaking in man Mandarin today, uh, no one would understand me. I don't think anyone in here knows Mandarin. I don't know Mandarin, so it would have been pretty cool. Um, but if I had done that, if I would have came in here and spoken some other language that nobody understood, it would have done no good. I would have just wasted 40 minutes of all our time. Everybody would have left with no more knowledge than when they came here other than I was crazy. Uh, so it, w there needs to be an interpreter. Interpretation is important. Uh, and the goal of it all is for the church to be edified, for people to be, come to Christ and come closer to Christ. I'll now go to 1 Corinthians 13, verse 8. It says, Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Now, there will be a time when tongues will cease. Uh, we know that Paul is talking about the spiritual gift of tongues in this verse because he first mentions prophecies, which means predictions, new revelations. Uh, the miraculous gifts like miracles, healing, speaking in tongues, uh, these all were specific to the apostles. And when they passed away, uh, the, the gifts for that specific time 
were done. These gifts were for a very specific time and for a very specific reason. Uh, as part of God's plan, there was a time when the apostles did have these abilities, uh, and, and we don't have them today. Uh, and this was when the apostles were first building up the church on the foundation of Jesus Christ. And that is why they had those uh, gifts that we don't have today. Uh, we've talked about this verse already today, 2 Corinthians 12, 12. Truly the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in all patience and signs and wonders and mighty deeds. Uh, we see that there were some differences with the apostles that set them apart and allowed them to be able to build the church on Jesus Christ. Now that time, the time of the apostles, the time of miracles, the time of healing, the time of speaking in tongues, it's now over. Well, it's been over. Uh, their time is over. The time of the beginning of building the foundation on Jesus Christ is over. We're past that. Uh, so if the gift of tongues is not active today, and we see in Scripture that it's not, then how does it apply to us? Why, why did we even uh, spend any time on this this morning? Uh, well, we don't have the ability of speaking in uh, tongues. Uh, I can't speak in some other language, and you guys miraculously hear me in your own language. That doesn't exist today. But we do have the ability of speaking in other languages. Uh, we, we have the ability... Uh, to learn other languages. There are things we can do to reach people of other tongues, of other languages. So we don't have like Acts chapter 2 today, uh, but there are things we can do to reach people of other languages. Uh, we could be an interpreter for someone trying to tell others about Jesus, and, and that's so much needed. Uh, if you have the ability to learn another language, uh, you could be a great asset to the work of God. You could help missionaries across the world reach people. And you could do that there in a foreign uh, area, or you could do it here by translating stuff. Uh, so if you have the ability of, of knowing another language, you can be very useful in getting the word of God and the message of Jesus to people of that language. There are ministries that exist today that work in the area of languages. Uh, there are all kinds of Missionaries, obviously, that go to foreign countries and they learn foreign languages and they go through, there's all different ways to learn foreign languages. Some of them already knew it. Some uh, go through ministries that help missionaries learn languages. Some go over there and learn uh, on the field. There's all different ways to do it. Uh, but they use the, uh, their ability to learn languages in a way to reach people with the gospel. There are also ministries that work on translating uh, the Bible into new languages so that someday every language group could have the Word of God in their own language. I met someone a few months ago uh, that worked for a ministry like this, and I don't remember the exact location. It was somewhere in Africa, uh, but they had been working for nine years on translating the entire Bible into the language of that group of people uh, in, in uh, so that they could have their own Bible. And uh, they had just finished up that project, and it, they had, uh, th I think it was thousands of Bibles, uh, somewhere near 10,000 Bibles printed to bring over there to give out to people. And the people there were, uh, they, I seen the video of it, and the people there were running uh, to go get these Bibles, and they were waving their Bibles around, and they were all singing about their Bibles. They were excited because these people never had a written Word of God before. Uh, it was given to them because people were working 
on translating things into their language. Uh, so we could, uh, we could help in ministries like that. There's also ministries that print gospel tracts in many different languages uh, so that people could go out and reach people in other countries with the plan of salvation. Uh, so we don't have the miraculous gift of tongues today. It's not present today. But you still can work with languages and you can reach people. You can interpret for someone else. Uh, you could go with an interpreter. You could go and speak to uh, another uh, country in another language and there be an interpreter for you to be able to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. But the gift of tongues, uh, speaking of other languages, interpretation of tongues, all comes down to getting the gospel out and getting people closer to Jesus Christ. All right, let's go ahead and close in prayer.